This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart sitting in for Cisco Cotto on the WBBM Noon Business Hour today. Presented by the Village of Bedford Park. The roller coaster ride of Bitcoin currently heading upward. We'll cover that in our next segment. Right now, a busy week of data underway with reports on the home building market and industrial production. We're joined by Tom Hudson, the week ahead columnist with McClatchy Tribune News Services in Miami, Florida. Tom, thanks for joining us today. Before we set up the other reports that are on the way later this week. Let's talk about industrial production falling 1.3%. And uh, like the previous drop in February, this seems to be uh, entirely caused by weather. <laughs> Turns out uh, bad weather can happen, right, Rob? You certainly, uh, folks in Chicago know that the effect of uh, of bad weather in wintertime well, you know, uh, bad weather can affect these industrial output. And, you know, any month that can happen, certainly. Um, so I wouldn't be too concerned about any specific read on this, particularly when weather can be blamed. It's very similar to when a retailer points to weather for either goods, a good season or a good month or a bad month. Uh, we really have to take the long view. And long-term patient investors certainly know this, that we're not going to read too much in any one month, but really looking at the overall trend. And then generally with these... Uh weather effects, how long does it take uh, for that impact to really shake itself through uh, the manufacturing sector? Yeah, boy, well, that's a big question, right, these days. One would say, well, there's a pre-COVID answer to that question, and then there's the amidst amid a global pandemic answer to that question. And we're seeing this play out, not just industrial production, but also the entire global supply chain continues to find uh, new pinch points here, be it either shipping off the coast of Southern California, it could be electricity supply in China. There are these real uh, kinks in the links that uh, continue to surprise investors and pop up. And the longevity of how long those problems persist still remains to be an open question. And then some of the other reports that are coming out uh, later this week, uh, housing starts tomorrow and then uh, jobless claims on Thursday. What is the current status of uh, the home construction market? Um, There was a time where they couldn't build homes fast enough. Is that still the case? Uh, listen, there's big demand for housing, right? Uh, sir, I'm talking to you from uh, South Florida. Huge demand for housing down here. Big demand for housing in the Midwest as well because of the price of real estate, which has been benefiting from low interest rates and uh, kind of a flight to real assets in an inflationary scenario that folks are concerned with. Plus, the, just the general work from home 
um, uh, uh, trend that we've seen, of course, uh, amid the COVID-19 pandemic. I think one thing to look at in terms of new home starts here, really, Rob, is to look at labor supply. Uh, what do the new home starts look like in terms of demand? But what are the construction crews, the home builders, finding in terms of the tradespeople necessary to build the actual homes? Are they experiencing the same kind of labor supply shortages that we've seen in hospitality, healthcare, and elsewhere? And then uh, when it comes to uh, jobless claims last week uh, was a new uh, post-pandemic low. Uh, is that trend expected to continue? Yeah, lots of hopes that that will continue. But here again, uh, the look ahead to, okay, fewer folks filing for unemployment uh, claims for the first time or continuing to file for unemployment insurance is a positive sign. But where are the workers? Are the workers who had been sidelined, who had taken this great reassessment or the great resignation, as it's now called, are they beginning to show back up on the sidelines and get back into the labor pool, or are they waiting this out? It it remains to be a conundrum that economists, investors, uh, entrepreneurs, CEOs, uh, recruiters, everyone is really still trying to figure this one out. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Tom Hudson, Week Ahead columnist, McClatchy Tribune News Services, based in Miami, Florida. Money Talks, as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The buzz around Bitcoin is getting loud again as cryptocurrency finds its way into more parts of daily life. We welcome in Andrew Bush, who is the former Chief Markets Intelligence Officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economist at andrewbush.com, based in Chicago. Andy, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Uh, Where are we in terms of Bitcoin going legit, and what is it going to look like? it's in a regulated future. Yeah, sure. I think this is really important for people to understand that um, this is regulation by omission. Uh, the SEC is not saying anything about this new mutual fund that's coming out that's a, uh, a cryptocurrency fund. Um, this is something that this community has looked for for a very, very long time. Even back when I was at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and we approved the first Bitcoin futures trading uh, product, Institutional investors, that's what people are looking for, and retail investors to get involved with this in a legitimate way, meaning an SEC or, you know, regulated way. And this is a first step towards that. So it's very important. It's one of the reasons why Bitcoin's rallied about $20,000 just over the last couple of months, because people were anticipating this happening. And uh, crypto assets are now at $2.3 trillion worldwide, and that's uh, double the, uh, the, the amount of subprime mortgage-backed securities in, in 2008 that triggered that uh, financial crisis back then. So is it the, the challenge for regulators, not only in the U.S., but around the world, to uh, gradually bring that market uh, under the under the guise of uh, regulators uh, in banking systems worldwide to make sure that a similar uh, asset collapse, if, if one would be on the, uh, on the horizon, uh, doesn't bring down the rest of the global economy or at least cause a great deal of harm? This is not the global financial crisis. This is not a product that is through our entire financial system like mortgage lending was. So I think we can put that aside. It's not going to bring down the financial system. It's just not embedded enough. Um, What I would say is this, is that everyone's, uh, from a regulatory standpoint, all countries are struggling with this. There's an approach by China that outlawed it, uh, outlawed mining. So they take that very, very you know, strong approach to it. There's other countries like the United States, uh, you know, some of the big countries that are trying to figure out 
is this is this a, uh, a product that not only consumers can have, but can we regulate it in the sense of providing safety net or guide or guardrails to it? Because right now it is the wild west. It's very opaque or very murky. A lot of the transactions that go on, you know, you don't know if it's forty percent or twenty percent are illegal. You know, meaning you know, dark money, blackmail, that kind of stuff. Or if it's much less than that, it's just hard to say. You don't even know what the leverage is in this product and and how all of these products are kind of tied to each other. I mean, when Bitcoin goes up, Ether goes up, and then, you know, you name your other cryptocurrency follows it. So that's probably not a good sign for overall for the industry. But I would say this, the fact that Bitcoin's never been hacked that's the best thing going for this. Um, and so I would look at it kind of like this is an interesting to tr- thing to trade. It's an interesting thing to have part of your portfolio. Um, I'm not sure the, the jury's still out as exactly what this, you know, what this product is as far as it, how does it impact uh, the society and how does it impact, obviously, the markets. Andy Bush, former Chief Markets Intelligence Officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economist at andrewbush.com. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Retailers often push customers to use their company-branded credit card, but that may not be in your financial best interests. Let's learn more from Ted Rossman, industry analyst at creditcards.com based in New York. Ted, thanks for joining us this afternoon. This is a particularly uh, apropos time uh, to discuss the, 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 the value you or lack thereof of store credit cards, especially as we arrive at the holidays and uh, those offers about uh, you can get deeper discounts if you get the store credit card are being dangled in front of uh, many a consumer's face. Absolutely. We found that about two-thirds of Americans have signed up for a retail credit card. About two-thirds of those have done so impulsively at least once, and it is a compelling sales pitch sometimes at the counter. Hey, do you want to save 10% off today's purchase? What I would urge you to do, though, is to make this a thoughtful decision. Don't just do it on a whim. Realize that a lot of these store cards charge high interest rates. The highest we found is 29.99% from stores like Zales, K, Discount Tire, Big Lots, for example. So really high interest rates. And sometimes the rewards are not so great either. Although, you know, it depends. Sometimes stores do have compelling rewards. And if you pay your bills in full and avoid interest, then maybe it's worth it. But don't do it on a whim. Don't do it just because you felt pressured at the checkout counter. And uh, it also leads to an ethical dilemma, too, because some of those credit cards uh, that have the highest interest rates are aimed at the discount or budget-minded buyer. Yeah, unfortunately, sometimes this becomes a lender of last resort, if you will, like Discount Tire, for example. If you need new tires to get around town and get to work and you don't have the money, you know, it is tempting to just say, oh, yeah, I'll sign up for this credit card at the point of sale. It's a high interest rate. You know, same thing with a store like Big Lots. If the fridge breaks down and you don't really have a great alternative, you don't have savings, you know, that that's why cards like this get peddled. Um, sometimes we see this in doctor's offices, dentists, veterinarians. You know, sometimes there's a captive audience with these high interest rate cards. So that's all the more reason to... Try to boost your emergency savings if you can, uh, but also line up other 
forms of credit. You know, this whole buy now, pay later thing is really catching on. Companies like Affirm and Afterpay, Klarna, you know, sometimes they'll offer better terms or sometimes you can get a 0% credit card promotion for as long as 21 months. So shop around is a key message here. Don't just offer it because the store makes it convenient. Uh, very quickly, Ted, are there any uh, uh, store branded credit cards that are actually good? There are. And in fact, in recent years, some stores like Amazon, Verizon, Pottery Barn, Wayfair, Walgreens, they've been adding rewards that are compelling, not just at their own stores, but on other categories like dining and groceries. Ted Rossman, industry analyst, creditcards.com, based in New York. The Noon Business Hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are mixed at this hour. We're joined by Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, Clearstead Advisors, based in New York. Jim, thanks for joining us today. It sounds like investors are uh, getting set up for the earnings reports later in the week. What are some of the big ones that are uh, reporting this week? Well, there there are so many that are that are important that that uh, r- rather than single out uh, two or three, I'd like to tell you what I think the key issue is. Uh, it's going to be a trade off and a tug of war between the strong demand from a strong economy and the uh, the supply uh, chain restraints, which can hurt profit margins. And so, what the companies say in their forward looking guidance, rather than what they report for the third quarter, we know for the third quarter you had strong demand. And and supply issues. What do they see in the fourth quarter, and what do they see for next year? Are they seeing an easing of supply strains? Are they seeing an easing of, of cost inflation? Are they seeing an easing on, on profit margin pressures? And can they is demand strong enough to allow them to deliver continued earnings growth? That and the level of interest rates and, and the Fed's taper are the critical issues going into the, um, uh, the, the as, as we are, are in the fourth quarter of the year. How is the supply chain crunch going to resolve itself? Is this going to be a matter of simply uh, the rest of the world catching up with uh, demand for the United States? Uh, it's going to solve itself naturally. Or will American businesses invest in the supply chain in such a way they don't require or are nearly as reliant on just-in-time delivery from the other side of the globe? Well, that would be the long-term solution, and I think that that will happen. You'll see uh, uh, more companies assuring that they have control and access to their uh, materials and goods that they need to, uh, uh, to sell their, their products. But that, that's nothing that's going to be solved in the next six months. The, the supply chains worldwide are so integrated for so long. I think what you're going to need is simply time and price. That uh, prices, the shortage of everything is met by higher prices because higher prices will bring in additional capacity. And time, it just takes time to restart industries that were, that production facilities that were shut down for so long and that also had the, um, uh, the, the, the second uh, problem from the variant, the Delta variant. So it, it will work its way through. I am, I'm, I'm hearing, uh, from the smartest people that I listen to that by the end of two, 2022, uh, the supply issue will be gone, but the week, it, it's going to go gradually through through 2022, and we're going to have cost pressures for the next several months. And then... I mean, ultimately, I think the power of U.S. corporations uh, will allow them to deliver uh, growing profits and ultimately higher stock prices. And then very quickly, Jim, uh, based on uh, the GDP, GDP report out of China, the China's economy has a cold. Does it mean uh, the U.S. is going to catch a fever? 
No, I don't think so. Uh, that that we are we are so strong and independent at this point uh, that uh, uh, China has more to lose from a slowing U.S. economy than the U.S. has uh, uh, to lose from a slowing Chinese economy. So we are we are domestically driven, and uh, uh, the consumers have cash, businesses have cash. I'm actually quite optimistic about our outlook once we resolve these short-term issues. Thanks for joining us this afternoon, Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director. Clearstead Advisors based in New York. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast making sense of your dollars the wbbm noon business hour continues the worldwide breakout netflix hit squid game will reportedly generate almost 900 million dollars for the streaming service let's talk about the breakout hit with tom lason media analyst in seattle washington tom thanks for joining us this afternoon i know when it comes to netflix programming there's a lot of debate over their internal metrics about how they count viewership 
ship numbers, uh, especially in the case of Squid Game, where they said 132 million people watched at least two minutes of the series in the first 23 days after launch, and that nearly 90% of those who started the first episode watched it all the way to completion. And based on those internal metrics, they say that means Squid Game is worth $900 million to the streaming service. How did they arrive at that figure? Well, if I knew the answer to that, I'd be able to make a real strong recommendation on their stock. And I think that's <laughs> one of the problems that we've, I think that's one of the problems that we've had with the streaming universe is what do these metrics mean like impact value? There's another metric that's come out. Bloomberg reported on this called efficiency, which I get. You invest $21.4 million in the squid games and come out with $891 million on the other end. But is that $891 million? Is that realized? Um, is, is that ad rep? Well, you know, they don't have an advertising-based model. So where, where does that come from? How does it impact the bottom line? I think it remains an inscrutable, opaque black box. Um, I consider that to be a problem as an investor. Um, but, you know, by the same token, reporting out those numbers, we trust them, I guess. And 87 million people watching um, a multi-hour, multi-part series is a hit. Um, so, yeah, it's really been a cultural phenomena. And as to whether it's a financial phenomena, um, I think it's going to take people with deeper insights than me to really get into that. Well, Tom, I was one of those 87 million. I lost a lot of sleep last week uh, binging through uh, Squid Game. It's only nine episodes. Uh, some are an hour. Some are about 30 minutes. And it's absolutely compelling uh, all the way through. And based on social media traffic and especially some of the, the social media memes coming out of South Korea, it really is a worldwide phenomenon. This is not a press release thing. This is real. Absolutely. And it's going to be the hot costume for Hollywood. You can either be one of the guards or one of the one of the victims in this thing, one of the debtors. I um, I watched it as well and found it to be okay. I think it was very dialogue heavy at times. Um, and you can tell by watching it, um, when you put people in a small room and build a story around that, that really helps you keep costs down. Um, there were a few scenes that were shot out in what you might call in quotes, parenthetically, the world, but those were typically two shot dialogue pieces, a couple of cameras, um, not any high end production um, locations and logistics that I saw. And I watched very carefully for that. So that's why you get this great efficiency metric um, and also why Netflix as one example, is looking overseas where costs are low and potential returns. If you hit a winner, um, man, look what can happen. Very quickly, Tom, uh, Squid Game is very violent. It's not for the squeamish. And then Halloween, a slasher movie, a big hit at the box office. What does it say about us that we enjoy uh, extremely violent entertainment? Are we just in that spooky mood because it's October? I don't know about that. You know, yes, there's definitely a seasonal piece to it, but I would also say that I think dystopia is very hot right now. Um, COVID has really kind of, I think, to some degree, put this dystopian meme into our lives. A lot of people feel like they've been living through a dystopia. So you look at the purge, the strain, the last man on earth, the last ship, Westworld, the 100, and on and on and on. And it is a consistent home run on some of these services. Do we ever get to the point where we want to, we, we want to watch um, Michael Landon's happy TV shows again? I'm not sure. But for now, it's easy to say that dystopia is hot. Tom Lason, media analyst in Seattle. Thanks for joining us this afternoon.
a deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday. We welcome in Chuck Carlson, the CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter, also the author of Winning with the Dow's Losers, based in Hammond, Indiana. Chuck, thanks for joining us today. Uh, your first one is a little-known social media company. I think it might give MySpace a run for its money. <laughs> Yes, uh, the, the uh, stock is Facebook. It trades for about $334 a share. And I'm sure there's listeners out there who are thinking, Facebook now? I mean, with everything uh, going against it and with everybody kind of vilifying it. And, and that's kind of the point. The stock is down about 13% from its 52-week high. Uh, so it's trading at a price-earnings multiple that's actually less than the market. Uh, and anytime you can do that with a company that still is going to grow double digits, both their revenues and and earnings uh, in 2022, you need to take a look at that. You know, they still have over 3 billion users, uh, a billion in Instagram. They've got 2 billion users of their WhatsApp app. Uh, I think they're still in the early innings of monetizing those two businesses. And unless you think that the company is simply just going to be gutted by regulators, uh, which we don't think is going to happen, this is an opportunity to buy that stock. It, it, again, in the short term, might still be under pressure, but I think longer term, this is an opportunity. That's Facebook selling at $334 a share. And uh, as history has shown us, even going back to the uh, 19th century, even if you are the industrial bad guy, that doesn't mean uh, the business is is going to be harmed in any way, and that's been borne out from railroads to Walmart. It has. And, and again, like I said, there's, you know, on, on both sides of the political aisle, nobody seems to like Facebook. But um, in, in terms of actually doing something from a regulatory environment to, to really uh, distress their business model, I guess I'm skeptical that's going to happen. And then uh, the next one is a, a diagnostics and research uh, company that uh, you say is uh, can be bought at a discount right now. It can. That company is Danaher. The symbol is D-H-R. And Danaher represents kind of a number of companies out there where, you know, if investors are purely looking at the major market indices to determine whether it's time to be buying, they're kind of missing the forest for the trees. There's been a lot of stocks that have pulled back, uh, you know, double digits or more here during kind of these internal market rotations, and Danaher is one of them. Uh, the stock is down about 10% from its 52-week high. Uh, earnings uh, are, are quite strong and will continue to grow in 2022. Earnings estimates have been rising for the company over the last 30 and 60 days. So it's a company in a good spot. Uh, I like their markets. I like their operating momentum, and I think you can buy it at a pretty decent price right now. So that's Danaher, symbol DHR. Stock trades for about $304 a share. And and uh, disclosure purposes, our firm and myself, I own both of these comp, uh, both of the companies. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Chuck Carlson, CEO, Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter and author of Winning with the Dow's Losers based in Hammond, Indiana. His picks this week, Facebook, the symbol FB, and Danaher, DHR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.